Thanks for tuning in to the Light of Conscience podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christine, here to inspire and activate you to express your passions and live a life of purpose and prosperity. Join me and my guests on this journey of awakening and unfolding and allowing our passions to be expressed out into the world. Share this podcast with as many people as you can think of, because the more people live from that place inside that lights them up, the more the world changes for the better. The more peace there is, the more joy there is, the more love there is. So leave a rating, write a review, do all the things, but really just please be you. Life knew all the answers long before we came. So look up to the sky and see the stars all shining and bright. Don't know about tomorrow, but here we are tonight. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm talking to Kevin Bursiaga, who is a physical therapist. He has dealt with eating disorders for 10 years of his life, and now he is on a mission to help others with the same struggles. And I don't know Kevin very well, so I just am really excited to hear his story and share it with you, and I hope that you benefit as much as I will from it. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, definitely. So glad we could find a time that works for us, and I want to know a lot. First question I'm going to ask you, because it helps (laughs) just start the whole thing, is what made you realize that you are here to make a difference in other people's lives? Sure. This was never my, my life goal. I never thought I would be in a position like this. But I, like you said in the intro, I dealt with eating disorders for 10 years. Then I, I realized that a lot of things I, I believed about uh, the brain and nutrition and just psychology was all wrong. And that's when I started to change and modify my own behavior. And that's when I made it my mission to help people who had the same struggle. Got it. So let's dig into that. Sure. You, your information or your, your, your knowledge, let's say, about nutrition and the brain uh, you found were not necessarily accurate? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go back. So when okay. I was 20 years old in college, for whatever reason, I really wanted to get healthy. I had I developed this really keen interest in nutrition and exercise and which is fine because before then I was ignorant about all of that. I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't I don't think I knew what a carbohydrate was when I was 18 or 19 years old. I mean that's that was the level of my my knowledge. So right. I got a job at a Whole Foods market that had opened near my home. So it was kind of a a nice marriage. And I got to work in the produce section too, which was even better. So at that, at that time, I was reading a lot about ideal diets and what makes us healthy and taking courses in biology at, at school. So everything kind of happened at the same time. But I, I kind of took things a little too far. It just became this overwhelming obsession with my life. I started to lose a lot of weight, not intentionally either. It was just I was young and I had cut out a lot of quote unquote processed foods and red meat was eating very little animal protein, seafood, as I recall, but I was just very regimented and and very strict. And so finally that towards the end of that year, there was some, some bleeding in my eye. I didn't know what it was, but obviously people noticed it. And that's when people started to notice the changes in my physique and, and my behavior. 
And I, as I recall, I don't think there was anything definitive. I think it was a lesion on my pituitary gland that it resolved itself, but my health didn't get any better, which is kind of ironic because I, I wanted to become as healthy as I could. And now here I was like as unhealthy as I possibly could be. So it's like, I got the exact opposite of what I wanted. So then, yeah, the, so the obsession continued and I was just very meticulous about what I ate more meticulous than I should have been. And eventually it, it all kind of backfired. I started to eat things that I had not eaten before. And I felt like I was out of control. It's like my brain had rebelled in a way. And I would chew food, but I wouldn't swallow it. I would just spit it out because I didn't want to ingest it. And then I found myself eating a bunch of discarded food that was not really fit for human consumption. I mean, literally, I was out of control. It felt like something had completely taken over my head and taken over wow. my brain. It was, yeah, it was a really scary feeling to, to think that you're a human who doesn't really have control. It's, it's kind of frightening in a way because I... One part of me really wanted to stop and take control and be healthy. And then it was like, I wasn't even controlling my hands anymore. So this went on for several years and then it kind of it progressed into binging, purging, and then binging, fasting, or binging into some sort of compensation. This went on all of my 20s through grad school and even into the first couple of years as a physical therapist so it was it was a long road and uh was not pleasant so that's the reason why I'm on a mission to help people with the same problems because should not take that long to recover but I had some really bad beliefs that kept me performing the same behavior over and over I'm fascinated uh can you share a little bit about like what those beliefs might have been because you know we all have our own I guess neuroses is a good word to use mm-hmm. where you know it's, it is it's a pattern in the brain that's just not it's it's a pattern in the brain that you know you think is accurate but there are so many different options there's infinite possibilities so what do you now that you know more about the brain and i'd love to hear how you learned all of that too but do you know kind of like what those thoughts were those beliefs that kept you in that story I think the most obvious one was perfectionism. And that's what, that's what started the whole thing in the first place. I remember when I was 20 and I thought I was making healthier choices because I just wanted to be healthy, but that, that wasn't true at all. I mean, in retrospect, it, it obviously wasn't true. Socially, I was isolated. I didn't really have any direction in life. Didn't know where I was going, really had no purpose I think I was looking for either attention or affirmation or I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel like I was fit enough. So I tried to do the one thing that I could control and one thing that I could do better than anybody else. I think that was really what precipitated it. And what made it hard to recover is that I thought that recovery had to be this perfect process. So I thought change was really black and white. Like one day I'm just going to be this really destructive, unhealthy person who's making all of these bad choices. And then the next day, everything would be sunshine and rainbows. That, that's not how it was at all. And so what, I, what would happen is I would be good for a few days and, and then, you know what it means to fall off the wagon. And then I thought, well, I guess now is not the time to recover. 
and maybe I can just recover at a different point when I'm more perfect or circumstances are more ideal or whenever. And I just kept playing this game over and over. So it's like, if I wasn't perfect forever, then I couldn't recover it at all. I think that was probably the most destructive belief that I had and probably the reason why it took me a decade to recover from it, but it wasn't the only one. Definitely. It's, it's always more than one thing, but I have to say that you totally spoke into the deepest core of my heart with the perfectionism thing. I, my mom, actually, I remember her expressing her concern that I might fall into a, uh, a, an eating disorder when I was younger because I was such a perfectionist and, and so self-critical. So I know, like, I get that feeling and yeah, I think I almost like I say that I a personalityed myself into a B personality, which isn't actually possible. I'm still an A personality, <laughs> but luckily I have found things to help me relax. How did you start to shift that? How did you start to shift out of the perfectionism as far as your eating habits and stuff and, and realize that you don't have to be perfect and you can change even if it's not a perfect system? Yeah, I, I just I discarded the whole all or nothing mentality. Before, here's what would happen: I would be misbehaving and making bad choices, and then I would imagine myself on a jet taking off and seeing and leaving everything behind. I thought that's how recovery was, and then I realized that recovery isn't always this linear process. I mean, it, it's it should go in a particular direction, but sometimes you have ups, sometimes you have downs. It's kind of like, kind of like a stock market. It doesn't have to be perfect. So if you go 10 or 20 days and you do well, and then you have like one bad day, it's, it's not like you have to start all over again. I just, I can't tell you how many times I started at day one because I thought that I had to be perfect after that first day. And if there was any relapse, it's like I had to start over all over again. But when I, when I realized that life is a little messier, that's when I was just, I was a lot more relaxed. And it's a, okay, it's just, it's one mistake. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect, but I should keep going and I should keep doing whatever I can to make healthier choices from now on. It's not like one setback or one mistake can negate everything else that I've done. Yeah, definitely. So did you, did this all come to you kind of like naturally just from your experience or was it something outside as well? Like maybe you read a book or you were taking a class or some, some way it hit you from the outside. I mean, even if it hits you from the outside, it's still something that has to be taken in and felt on the inside and everything really does come from the inside, but I'm just so curious on how like, cause for me, I've, I read books and, and I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know, Oh, totally. I totally resonates. I get that. And then my husband will tell me what I read in a book. And I'm like, how did you know that? And he'll just be like, I just, I don't know. I just figured it out. Like, <laughs> like it just came to him like that. And I'm curious on how, like, how did you get that information that helped your brain switch off from the perfectionism? I wish I could tell you that I had this epiphany one night and then I saw, you know, this white light coming out of the sky and it was like this road to Damascus experience. But unfortunately, I don't have such a story to tell you. Uh, like I said, the process of recovery was 
messier than I wanted it to be. So there was no one insight or one book that I read that, that changed the whole game for me. I wish it were that way. Probably would have recovered much sooner. But it, I, I'm like you, I do read a lot of books. And I have, I don't know how many books I have in my Kindle right now, but it's, it's a lot. And it was that, it was YouTube videos, it was podcasts, it was just all the media that I consumed over many years. And then I combined that with my own experiences. And that's, that's kind of how I formulated my, my own beliefs. So it wasn't just on my own. It wasn't just more willpower. It wasn't one voice. It was really a confluence of a lot of voices. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like the law of attraction was really working out for you because you had made that choice to get healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And then it kind of backfired on you, but then you made the other choice of, okay, I can be healthy and not a perfectionist. It doesn't have to be both. And the things that came into your awareness, those books or those YouTube videos or whatever you were, you know, tuning into along with your own personal experience. I really think everything has to come from personal experience. Otherwise you don't really know it. It's not embodied. It's intellectually understood maybe, but that's so different than actually having something embodied. So I think it's perfect. And, you know, you say, I, and I totally understand, like (laughs) I would wish for it to go faster too. I'm pretty impatient, (laughs) but at the same time, all of this, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but this whole journey that you've been on, I can see how fully and how deeply it will affect other people and keep them going on their mission to recover and to feel better and to be healthy in the physical and mental sense. I'm really applauding you right now for everything that you've done. So thank you. Yeah. Do you know, do you know who Bruce Lee was? Um, he was that martial the, artist. Yeah. He yeah. was from Hong Kong or something, you know, back, back in the day. Right. He had this great quote. I think it was him, but I'm going to ascribe it to him anyway. He said, absorb what is useful, discard what is useless and add what is specifically your own. And I just, I never forgot that. I think I read that like seven or eight years ago. It just always resonated with me. And I think that's exactly what I did is that I read a lot of ideas. Some of them were good. Some of them were not so good. And then I just, I added what my own unique experiences and now I have my own philosophy on it so it does speak to the power of reading Um, if you do have a problem in your life I I do think you need to be reading and absorbing new ideas on a consistent basis yeah definitely and and it really helps too to uh, shift your energy you know in energy you can always tell how your energy is doing when you tune into your emotions and you tap into your emotions because your emotions are going to tell you what you've been thinking and and kind of how you are projecting in the world. And this is another thing for me and probably for you just by hearing your story. Like if I'm feeling crappy, I'm like, Oh shit, I'm manifesting crap now, you know, and it's not necessarily how it works, thankfully, but it it does help to like tune into like an Abraham Hicks video or uh, I'll I'll chant mantras for, to help shift my energy. Mm -hmm. And you know, you might have a favorite book or, you know, seeking that out. It really does because you feel better and it feels better to feel better. So, so yeah. Yeah, who would have thought, right? Yeah, I used to discount the role of emotions and, and my struggle now. I realized that there were a lot of emotions involved. It wasn't just 
it wasn't just this neurological problem that I had. I mean, neurology definitely play, plays a role in it, but I, I think emotions can keep the machine running, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So if you have a lot of negative emotions and you have a lot of errant beliefs in your head, it's actually really hard to recover. So you've, you've got to go deep and identify those, those bad beliefs and those bad emotions and understand how they're contributing to your problem. And then another difficult part, at least it has been for me, is to say, you know what, it's okay. And to, and to the word acceptance, it's, it's okay. Send love. You know, it's hard because it feels funny. Your body is used to feeling a certain way. And when you start to try to change those thoughts or when you start to change them, the body's freaking out like, this isn't me. Uh, <laughs> luckily, we all know we're not our bodies. So we really can change, but it is, I I love this conversation because it is a challenge and I I love that we're just shining light on that. It's not all, like you said, sunshine and rainbows. With rainbows, there's going to be rain and, you know, it's okay. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the the keys to recovery is dealing with those negative emotions in an empowered way. Part of life is negative feelings, right? We, We can't completely escape them and in some ways chemicals and substances are a form of escape but it's not really a mature way of dealing with those emotions and i just came to accept those negative feelings they're okay they can't kill me Uh, they come they go there i used to live in florida when i went to to school and if you ever live in florida you know that thunderstorms are frequent but they're fast and so they start one minute and then they're gone the next. And that's, that's how negative feelings are. But if you're going to have the peaks of life, I think you have to have the valleys of life. Like where I am right now on the coast, central coast of California, we have mountain ranges and valleys, mountain ranges and valleys. It's extremes, really. And I live in the valley, but I have to go into, into the mountain ranges sometime. And sometimes you lose uh, cell phone service or internet connection or whatever. And Sometimes the climate can change. That's just how life is. And if you're going to enjoy the good moments, you have to have the bad. But the question is, how are you going to deal with those uncomfortable feelings? Exactly. Now, because of all your experience, you're, I don't know if you've developed or you're developing, but you have, you have like channels, you have a YouTube channel, right? Where you share and, you know, discuss some of this stuff. Is this what you do with your physical therapy or is that more... So my physical therapy is definitely more, more clinical. I don't deal with these issues as a physical therapist. I mean, obviously there are legal limits to that. Right. Um, yeah. I'm treating post-surgical patients, patients with new knees, new hips, things like that. But I do feel like when I'm not doing that, I need to be helping people who have these other problems that can, yeah. that can ruin your life. Definitely. I feel like it all plays in. I mean, the road to recovery, again, emotionally and physical, it's still similar as far as the change. We have to change, you know, in order to recover. We're just going to stay where we are. But what are you doing uh, when you're not doing the physical therapy and you're helping people with these issues? How, how, is, how does that look in your life? I am either absorbing new ideas mm-hmm. so I can share them with other people. I kind of read, I like to say that I read books so you don't have to because hey, let's face it, not all of us have the time to, to read books. So I kind of vet these ideas. And then I like to share my own ideas, my own insights. And 
I'm on almost every major social medium right now, sharing my experiences and sharing my story so that I can help others. Free time, you can find me at the gym. So if you ever need to find me, that's probably not a bad place to look. I like working out and I like to travel, new experiences. So there's definitely some fun in my life. It's not, oh, good. not, all, not all work. There's, there's some play in there too. Yeah. If people are interested in seeing your YouTube videos or following you on social media, where can they look for that? My name is my company. So you can go to YouTube, first name, last name, Kevin Bursiaga. Instagram is Kevin D. Bursiaga. I still want to get my hands on the person who got Kevin Bursiaga before I did. Maybe I'll buy that name at some point. And then my website is kevinbursiaga.com. How about, are you on Facebook or just kind of not so much? I, I am on Facebook, uh, Messenger, and I have a business page and a personal page, so you can hit me up there. I am not on Pinterest, so just, just <laughs> keep that in mind. I have not made it to Pinterest yet. Maybe someday. Maybe, yeah. I think, I think Pinterest is 90% female. <laughs> I, well, I just, yeah. I don't know for sure, but maybe that's a, a big, you know, section of the people that you're working with. Right. And I understand that Pinterest just went public. So maybe, maybe now is the time to join. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. Or maybe it's the time to buy in. Um, or maybe, maybe both. Maybe both. I, I, oh, um, just as a disclaimer, I do not give financial advice. So <laughs> that was not a, that was not an insider information kind of thing here. I have no idea if you should buy Pinterest or not. But oh no no don't worry I'm not the litigious type. <laughs> oh I know, but anyone listening too I gotta you know I gotta disclaim that. Oh um, sure. But yeah definitely. So I noticed a post. I'm just gonna share this one because I uh, it was about I think peanut butter or or nut butters in general. But you'd said uh, that you know because peanut butter can be good. And then I kept reading and you said that you ate like the whole thing. And I was like, oh, how do you do that? And, and I'm just so curious. Yeah, what, yeah like, well, that's, that's just uh, the power of the brain, right? So, yeah. I mean, peanut butter, yeah, it's a it's good source of fat, good source of protein, good source of a lot of things, but there's too much of a good thing. And a normal healthy brain would you know, spread a couple scoops on some toast and be done with it, whereas my brain was out of control. And I really did not know how to respond to that. And so next thing you know, yeah, the, the entire jar is gone. And it wasn't just one episode. That was like a consistent, consistent wow. behavior over time. So a lot of times our brains can make things, make us do things that we don't want to do. We know that are right, but it's like in the heat of the moment, it's so hard to just say yeah. no and calm it down sometimes. And so I think that's what was really scary is I didn't feel like I was in control in those moments. It's like, no matter what I thought or however motivated I was, it didn't matter. It's like once, once I turned on that switch, I couldn't turn it off. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And uh, just so that we finish up with that whole theme, you mentioned, you know, you know, get peanut butter. It's good for you, but make sure you avoid what kind of peanut butter. <laughs> but I guess, I guess it's not, as relevant anymore because I, as I understand the food and drug administration in the United States has banned trans fatty acids and hydrogenated oils, but for really? we manufacturers put those in various food products to increase shelf life and to improve texture. They're kind of a miracle in the way. The only problem is they, they can damage the lining of your arteries. Good research on that. 
and fortunately, we also have so many alternatives these days. Yeah. You know, there's almost too many varieties of peanut butter. So just look, <laughs> look at the ingredients, get the peanuts, the oil, the salt, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much all you need in a jar of peanut butter. That's exactly, that's totally true. Absolutely. And you know, it, honestly, I think it tastes better. Like you put sugar in peanut butter. It's like, what are you doing? It's peanuts. They're like the perfect yum. <laughs> you don't need sugar. Yeah, that, well, that's, yeah. And, and, um, Unless it's, it's, it's Reese's butter. peanut butter. <laughs> well, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to binge on those too anyway. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy how they put, they put sugar in everything. You know, chocolate oh, it's amazing. Nutella, if you can call that peanut butter. Yeah, I don't love that, actually. Um, sorry, Nutella, please don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they do. They put it in pretty much everything. And uh, I was just going to, you know, say that it is understandable if you've binged on Reese's peanut butter cups, honestly. They're, yeah, hard not to. They're pretty good, although they're not good for you. No, especially if you eat like 20 of them. Yeah, yeah, that makes it a little harder for your body to handle. So do you work with people one-on-one at all or are, are is your focus more the get the information out and you're kind of the broadcaster of this message? Yeah, that, it, it's both. Um, okay. So even if I'm not working with anybody at any particular moment, it's still, it's still a message that's worth spreading. And oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's worth my time. It's worth my energy. Yeah, so if I'm, if I'm not doing that, then I'm treating patients with their, with their old joints and their old bones. Yeah. So I was just, uh, I asked you because if anybody listening is like, wow, you know what, this person has the experience that, uh, you know, I'm kind of going through and I feel like I just, I I don't want to do this alone because I don't want it to take 10 years that they could reach out to you and you have, you know, you're able to do some coaching or however, I don't know exactly how you work, but that you can work with that person on healing that issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. If I feel like I can help him or her, yeah, I'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So if you are listening and you're like, God, that sounds like me, I'd love to get through this. And you want someone who's been through it to help you, please do reach out to Kevin. I I met Kevin uh, online and I, you know, kind of heard his message and I I just instantly, I was like, oh my God, I want that on my podcast. (laughs) Like I want him, him on my podcast because it's just so, it's fascinating and it's so important, I think, because, you know, we're here to be happy. We're here to find the thing that makes us happy, but it's freaking hard to be human. It is. And mm-hmm. this world is full of so much duality and so much struggle, so much freaking pain. And, it, you know, depending on how sensitive a person is, it can, it can just, it can be killer. So, your message and your light that you're shining is it's so bright it was so obvious right away like whoa this guy's a way shower yeah my podcast yeah Yeah, way shower so i you know it's a kind of it's a word that i just use to describe people who are here to show that you can live a life following the light within you can let that be your guide and you can you know sort of anchor in this this way of being into the earth and just show the way by being who you are. That's it. You don't have to do anything special. You certainly don't have to be perfect. You just be you and people see that. And, you know, Marianne Williamson had that, had that quote about like, you know, just by you shining your light, you give others quote unquote permission 
to shine their own. It's just, it creates this, almost this atmosphere of, oh, I can be me too, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Although the opposite is true. If you, if you emit negative beliefs, you also get permission to, to express those negative beliefs too. So it kind of works both ways. It does. And everyone is a way shower really because everyone's doing something and, you know, living one, one way or the other. So, you know, there's that as well, but it is definitely like, yeah. So choose, you know, we all get to choose what we're thinking and how we're responding to things. And when we're not in control of that, it can feel really hard. And you're here helping people understand how to regain control of that. And it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned responding because we can always choose the way we respond, even if it doesn't feel like that, even if it feels overwhelming and the right response isn't comfortable. We always have that choice, I believe. Yeah, we do. It just sometimes feels like we don't, but we always do. Right. Always. And we don't feel like we do because the right choice isn't it isn't expedient in the moment. Like there's no there's no instant yeah. gratification. We don't see the results immediately. I think that's why it's so hard to make right choices in the heat of the moment. But ultimately, you choose. Yeah. And we're, we're free agents. Exactly. I love it. Free agents. Well, Kevin, I have enjoyed this so much. I, I'm just, again, I admire you for having been through what you've been through and getting through what you've been through and going out there and spreading the word and the message. Thank you so much. Are there any other things that you really want to share before we uh, head out here? I'll probably remember as soon as you hit the record button. Or the stop <laughs> you mean button. I, the stop. <laughs> That's well, usually you, how it works. <laughs> well, if you do, uh, let me know and we can push record again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but thank you so much, Kevin. Everyone, feel free. Please do reach out. His stories are really fascinating. And um, if you, if you are looking for some support, he's got it. He's got you. So thank you so much, Kevin. We'll see you you soon. Well, as I mentioned to Kevin, that really spoke directly into my heart, even though I didn't express my perfectionism the same way. It was definitely a big part of growing up and Uh, elevating myself above or not above, but just beyond that mindset of, I have to prove myself to something. I I didn't even know like who I was supposed to be proving myself to, but it didn't matter. I I guess myself, there you go. There's the answer. But wow, that really struck a chord with me. And if it did with you, please join us in the light of conscience community. And let's, you know, let's help each other up. Let's Let's move each other through these struggles. We are all one and we all have our own shit to get through and get over. So yeah, let's do it. And Club LC, I want to mention as well, it's the end of May. So today, if you're listening to this on the Wednesday that this drops on the 22nd, I have a free simple sorcery. It's a half an hour mini class uh, online and it is for instant centering techniques. So this is part of regaining a little bit of that control. So when you're like going here, there, and everywhere, and your mind is racing, and your body's trying to catch up, and your your day is chaotic, I have a class for you. So 
reach out to me. And if you sign up today, you will receive the video and a guide that goes along with it. And that's part of Club LC. So it's kind of a free taste. I'm also happy to share a free taste of Club LC with you, which means you get the sound healing from the week and invited to participate in the live Kundalini class or you'll get the video. And that's a nice free taste because it's really hard to explain intellectually what happens when we embody the, the knowledge and the knowing and the light of conscience, you know, that it's there, but when it's an embodied experience, it's really difficult to explain in a way that the intellect can understand. So experience it, do experience it. It is a powerful practice, sound, Reiki, Kundalini yoga, your energy body changes. And when your energy body changes, it's so much easier to flow into the change yourself. It's for anybody. I was playing with it just being a sisterhood kind of thing. And I realized that that's not my purpose. So it is for anybody. And I I welcome anybody who is ready to up level and expand their consciousness. Thank you all so much. Check out www.lightofconscience.com slash club LC. I'll have the link on there to register for that class. So go there now, get registered so you can come. It's at 2 p.m. Hawaii time, which on the mainland is five Pacific, six mountain, seven central and eight Eastern. So I hope to see you there. And if not there, then a free taste to Club LC. And then hopefully you'll join us because magic is happening. Satnam, Satnam, Satnam. And don't give up on your life. Your dreams give hope and offer light. Let's make love to the beauty of the lives we've yet to live.